Well, hello, girly pops. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Life Gets Weird with me, Mary Stephen, in case you're new here. And if you are new here, hi. Strap on in. Let's get into it. So yesterday was a really tough day for me. <laughs> We're just jumping straight into the deep end. Yesterday was a tough day for me. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. I got back from Barcelona on Wednesday, went to work on Thursday, and at about 12 o'clock I was like, listen, if I'm here for a second longer, I am in fact gonna end it all. So I went home and I worked from home for the rest of the day. And August is always a tricky month for me. I never love an August. I don't know why. I I'd hate summer first and foremost, but August is always a struggle month for me. And I think for a big chunk of my life, it was because it was the month before we go back to school. Not that I don't love education, just didn't go to the greatest schools. So yeah, I think August has always been a month that I've like dreaded. And last August was actually a pretty good August. Probably the only good August I've had in 23 years. So I wasn't that scared for this August, but you know, we're on the 5th of August and it could be better. So, you know, there's still 25 days left of the month. So, you know, we're not going to jump into any conclusions. We're just going to let the month play out. But I have mentioned before that when I started my antidepressants, I found it really difficult to watch TV shows and movies the way I used to. And I actually went through a very big period of time of just like not watching any TV shows unless it was like once a month when I was rewatching New Girl. And that is saying something because I was a girl who stayed up until 2am to watch Grey's Anatomy live, you know, like TV and movies were my life and that kind of disappeared. But now it's come back and I need you guys to watch Apple TV's Ted Lasso, okay? I need you to fucking watch it because it is one of the greatest TV shows I've ever seen in my entire life. So I'll give you a rundown. It's basically about Richmond Football Club being taken over by a new American coach and the reason why he's hired is not very nice but it leads him to be there and it is the reason the show exists and it's just so fucking amazing like it's so heartwarming all the characters are so lovable apart from Nate Nate is the biggest fucking wet wipe I've ever seen on TV um, and I made a TikTok about this saying that I have a list of fictional men that I absolutely despise. And at the top of that list has always been Lucas Scott and Derek Shepard. Nate has beaten them. And I know a lot of people are like, why do you hate Derek Shepard? Why do you hate Lucas Scott? First and foremost, I hate Derek Shepard because he is a raging misogynist. I do not like that man one bit. It was me in the semi-truck, okay? And if you haven't watched Grey's Anatomy and you're planning on watching Grey's Anatomy, I will not elaborate on that point any further because I do not wish to spoil that for you. But if you have watched Grey's Anatomy, it was me in the semi-truck, okay? Lucas Scott is just an absolute piece of shit. I despite him. And I feel like there is such an underlying message between the hate that Peyton and Brooke get. Um, I'm talking about One Tree Hill in case you're lost. Um, so Peyton and Brooke were always like put up against each other in terms of like fan favorites and fan wars over who was the best character. And I just feel like we really needed to take a step back and analyze the fact that Lucas Scott was the devil in that situation. Like, why are you jumping between best friends? Like, why are you doing that? Like, can you just find someone else? It's really not that difficult. Like, I personally don't think that Chad Michael Murray is that attractive, but you know, I know that I'm in the minority with that opinion, but let's say he is attractive. Surely he could have got any other girl. Do you know what I mean? Like he was really fucking shut up for my girly pops. Like Brooke and Peyton are my girly pops, okay? 
And like, even with Haley, I thought for a while it was going to be him and Haley. And then obviously Haley and Nathan, Naley forever, like the cutest couple ever. But I don't know. It's just kind of like, babe, no one wants you. Like, keep it moving. And maybe there's a reason people don't want you because you are a piece of shit. And I really love Peyton. And I hate that she ended up with Lucas. Like, I absolutely hate that so much because he's just so annoying and I felt so bad for him at the beginning of the series I was like oh my god like he's really going through it blah 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 and then you just realize that like you're actually a piece of shit and I'm not saying some people deserve to be bullied but like come on Lucas you're making it really hard for me to stand by that so yeah those two men absolutely despise and then I watched Ted Lasso and Nate entered the fucking chat and took the reins as my most hated TV character. I also really don't like, um, oh wait, I know this is a controversial opinion. I really do. But Stefan from the Vampire Diaries, come on, come on. What a fucking wet wipe. Like, oh my God, he was just so annoying. So fucking annoying. And I know that like, all I can say is that they're annoying, but like, that's enough for me. You know, like you're actually annoying. Derek Shepard is a misogynist, but like, Stefan, come on, like, give me something. Give me someone to work with here. So yeah, Nate has trumped them all because he is just an absolute piece of shit. I don't know what kind of fragile masculinity his parents ingrained in him, but he needs a reality check. Also, why the hell... Did I have to watch him spit on a mirror multiple times? Can we actually unpack that? I am, oh my God, spit makes me so uncomfortable. Like, so, I'm sorry, I just got an email. It makes me so fucking uncomfortable. I just, oh my God, I hate it when people spit. Like, it, oh my God, it makes my body, ew. And he just kept doing it. And I was like, oh my God, this actually, this hurts more because I already despise you. And now I'm having to watch you spit. And it's just, what the fuck? Was, whose creative decision was that? Also, talking about Ted Lasso, and this is a spoiler, so please be warned. What the fuck with Rebecca and Sam? Like, I, I don't care. When season three comes out, I am rooting for Rebecca and Ted. Like, that is my ship, okay? Like, I love them and I need them to be in love because I know they are. They just haven't realized it yet. Anyway, so, yeah, I've been watching Ted Lasso. Absolutely loved it. It's, I think the episodes are, like, 45-ish minutes each and it's two seasons. And, oh, my God, I just fucking inhaled that shit. Like, it was so, so, so good. And you just, like, like I said, love every single character apart from Nate. I mean, like, I even prefer Rupert to Nate, and that's saying something. But, yeah, I watched Ted Lasso, and I went to the cinema, because I'm getting back into my cinema era. I really gave up on that. I used to go to the cinema every single week. Used to love going. Anytime there was a new film, I was there. Like, I was the girl that made sure they watched every single Academy Award nomination before the Academy Awards. Like, I was a big film girly and then obviously like COVID happened and cinemas were shut um and then I remember during lockdown cinemas reopened but you couldn't go in groups I don't think or like you couldn't go with anyone that wasn't in your household um and I went to watch the Broken Hearts Gallery in cinemas when it came out and it was like me and one other girl with like our masks on on completely different ends of the cinema and I actually really loved that film it was really cute but that's not the point of this it is on Netflix now by the way if you want to watch it I don't know um but I went to the cinema the other day. I went to Everyman Cinema in Broadgate, which is absolutely amazing. All the Everyman cinemas are really, really nice. And I know that 
that's to be expected because they are spenny. But you can like order your dinner into the cinema with you and like they have a bar and it's just such a nice vibe. I also love a neon light and they've got neon lights and it's a very like intimate screening room. I think there's maybe 20 seats. Um, all that to say, I went to watch Elvis and it was so good. Okay, it was so good. I love Elvis. Like, I love his music. I was raised on Elvis. My parents would always play Jailhouse Rock and Blue Suede Shoes, you know, all the bangers. And so I always knew I was going to go and see Elvis at some point, whether I streamed it or whether I saw it in cinemas. But then I saw everyone thirsting over Austin Butler. And I'll be so real with you. I have absolutely no idea who that man is. I have never seen him in my life, which is a lie because I have watched three films that he's been in, but he hasn't really made a lasting impact on me. So when I saw all these TikToks like thirst trapping over Austin Butler, I was very confused because I was like, hello, who is this white boy? Like I, I've been known to be a white man's whore. So I'm a bit confused as to, you know, who he was and why he wasn't on my radar. And so I went to see it purely because of that, to be fair. And also the Doja Cat song. And I really loved it. I had no fucking idea that Tom Cruise was in that film. Like, everyone was like, Tom Cruise was so bad. I was like, who was Tom Cruise? Who was he in that film? And then I realised, and I was like, oh dear. Oh dear, Tommy boy. Mm, we got to unpack that. But we're not going to dwell on that. Um, Austin Butler was absolutely phenomenal. Carried the film on his back, as he absolutely should. And I feel like, as a long-term Bohemian Rhapsody hater... Not the, not the song, not the original Queen, the film with Rami Malek. I am a hater to my core of that film. Um, I feel like Elvis was what they wish they could have done. I will say though, I am Switzerland about Rocketman. I watched Rocketman on my flight to New York, what, like three years ago now? And it was absolutely phenomenal. But then I watched Elvis and I was like, I don't actually think I can compare the two because I, I feel the same way with like actual Elvis and actual Elton John. I'm like, I can't really compare the two. They are very different and very amazing for different reasons. And so those are my two favorite musical films, um, Rocketman and Elvis. Bohemian Rhapsody will just never, it will never work for me. I did not enjoy that film whatsoever. And I was very annoyed that it was nominated for an Academy Award and Mary Poppins Returns wasn't. Let's talk about that, actually. No, we won't because it's been a while and I need to go over that. Um, I also saw Phoebe Bridges Life. Now, this is what I need to tell you guys about, okay? Because holy fucking shit, I am in love with that woman. Like, it's not even a joke. Like, I am in love with Phoebe Bridges. And I have run into her boyfriend a few times now um, which is a very odd statement to say, but I realise that my life has taken a very odd path recently. And so we've been at like screenings together or I've seen him at bars or whatever. And every time I see Paul Mezcal, I look at him and it's almost as if he's the Messiah. And if you're religious, I'm sorry if you think that's blasphemy, but I was once religious and I honestly don't care anymore. Um, but it was, it was like he was the man at the beginning of time to me. Like, I look at him and I'm like, wow. Like, how does it feel to have Phoebe Bridges as your girlfriend? Whoa, whoa, I am so jealous. I am honestly so jealous. Um, but yeah, I saw her live at Brixton on her last 
London tour date. And not to say that I'm better than anyone who didn't see her on her last London tour date, but yeah, I did see her perform a new song. Yeah, I did. So how does it feel? No, I'm joking, but it was, it was sad. And this is my thing. I get really worried when my favorite singers are in happy, committed relationships because then I'm like, hang on a minute. Is the music gonna be upbeat from now on? Because I didn't sign up for that. I did not sign up for happy tunes. I'm not a happy tunes kind of gal. And her new song was sad and I was like, yes. Yes, Phoebe. Yes, you're doing it for the depressed girlies. Um, But yeah, no, I've loved Phoebe Bridges forever. The first song of hers that I heard was Motion Sickness. So when Stranger in the Alps came out. Um, And then obviously Punisher came out and I was like, dear Lord, what have you done to me? My favorite song is Graceland 2, ever. Like I, I do switch it up from day to day. Like sometimes it's Georgia, sometimes it's ICU, sometimes it's Halloween. Sorry, took me a while. I was like, what public holiday is that? <laughs> um, yeah, but Graceland 2 will like always be my favorite, favorite song ever written. The lyrics mean so much to me. I actually think today I might go and get a packet of saltines tattooed on me. And I have lived by the fact that I will never get an artist's lyrics tattooed on me. Because if you don't know, I used to be a massive One Tree Hill fan. And before I was 18, I said that if I was ever going to get lyrics, not lyrics, if I was ever going to get words tattooed on me, I would get Peyton Sawyer's um, monologue, not the whole monologue, I'm not an animal, but like a part of the monologue she gave when she was talking about having to fight because it really resonated with me and like I loved it so much. I used to watch that scene every morning before school just so I could get through the day. Um, and then when I turned 18, all the stuff about the writer of the show came out and he is a horrible, horrible man. And in that moment, I decided I will never get someone else's words tattooed on me because I am forever scared they're going to turn out to be an awful human being. And I would not be able to live with that. So even though I love Phoebe Bridges and I do not think she's a horrible person and I would love to think that she doesn't have the capacity to be a horrible person, I still will not get her words tattooed on me. However, I will get a packet of saltines tattooed on me. Because, if you don't know, the lyrics in Graceland 2 that are my absolute favourite are, I'm not going to sing them for you because I love you guys and I will save you that, but the lyrics are, said she knows she lived for it to get to this moment, ate a sleeve of saltines on my floor and I knew then. And so, you know, I my favourite lyric is actually the bit before the saltines reference, um, said she knows she lived for it to get to this moment, but I don't really know how to how to make that picture. And if you have the Punisher vinyl, you know that all the artwork is in is in the like book that comes with it. And so there is a packet of saltines on the last page that I think I'm gonna get tattooed on me. I'm so excited. Um but yeah, sorry, I keep going on tangents because I love this woman so much. But I saw her live and yes I did ball like a fucking baby. Um I needed to pee while she was singing I know the end, I think. Um, and then I like ran to the toilets and then I don't know what it is with the Brixton Academy toilets. Like once you lock the door, you actually can't hear the concert anymore. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Like I'm still in the building. Um, but yeah, and then I ran back out, couldn't find my dad. I went with my dad cause my best friend was ill. I was meant to go with my best friend, but she was sick. And though, so last minute I was like, dad, come on, we're going. And 
I bought a lot of merch. Merch is so expensive, holy crap. I spent 150 pound on merch. I bought the iconic Phoebe Bridges sweatpants that say Phoebe Bridges on the ass. And then I got a t-shirt that says, I hate your mum. And then I got another t-shirt that's like the tour t-shirt, the Punisher tour t-shirt. And then I bought the vinyl because I have not been able to find that vinyl anywhere. And so when I saw her, I was like, you're coming home with me. Um, but yeah, the concert was absolutely incredible. And she, I feel like for her other tour dates, she is worn, is it the Gucci outfit? Like the seeded, not seeded, beaded um, skeleton kind of top thing. And then for the tour date I went to, she was literally just in a t-shirt and jeans. And I was like, obsessed, fucking queen. And you still look hotter than I ever will be. Also, the date that I went to, Paul Mescal was there, Daisy Edgar-Jones was there, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was there, Saoirse Ronan was there, and my dad likes to make this joke, because I bring my dad to all the events that I get invited to, because I'm a very anxious person, and my dad loves an open bar, um, he makes this joke that, like, Daisy Edgar-Jones is always at the events that we're at, and then he, obviously, he knew that she was at the Phoebe Bridges date that we went to and he was like, people are going to start asking questions about me and Daisy Edgar Jones. They're going to be like, who is this man who's always where Daisy Edgar Jones is? And I was like, okay, dad, let's calm down. I don't think anyone cares. Um, but I do think it's quite funny. But yeah, so I went to Phoebe Bridges and oh my God, I had post-concert blues for the next couple of days. Like I was really sad. I was like, when's her next tour date? And she doesn't really tour the UK. So I'm kind of bummed that I didn't go to more tour dates. I did actually have another ticket and I sold it. Um, but I was looking at her upcoming tour dates and I was like, yeah, I can, I can be in LA by the end of August. I can do that. Uh, I don't think I should because I don't like the heat and I don't know if LA will be for me, but I am thinking about it. Let that be known there is a serious debate going on in my head right now whether or not I should book a flight to LA last minute and just see my girl, you know, just see my girl doing her thing. Um, but yeah, so I went to see her. Sorry, I just, I like actually cannot believe that I saw her live because I've wanted to see her live for so, so long and she doesn't really come to the UK to perform. So I was like, girly, we're getting these tickets. I was in Amsterdam when the tickets came out and... I was with my friend and it was literally so confusing because of the time zone difference. So I was like, oh my God, at 10 a.m. we have to get tickets, not 9 a.m. And then we were like getting our coffee and I was like, hang on, I can't get any tickets. And then they kept releasing more tour dates and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I need to get them. And then I finally got them. Thank God. Anyway, I'm trying to think. I don't know what else I've been like doing because I have been working so much and Here's the crazy, crazy update of my life. My job contract ends in about 17 days. Um, if you don't know, I am a social media strategist, but like that's not really what I do. Basically a TikTok editor, creative director at a wellness brand. And I am on a freelance contract. And I initially started this contract in February as a part-time contract, three days a week. And then before the website launched, I was like, okay guys, I see that you need me. I see that you need me, so I, I'll go full time. And I said that I would only do that up until launch. And then launch came and we got a new head of social and he asked me to stay full time. And so I did because I cannot say no. Um, but also I 
actually didn't think that I wanted my bank account to go back to part-time. I was like, this is kind of nice. This is kind of nice. Especially as a freelancer. I didn't know this, but you get paid, like, more because you're freelance. Because, like, you don't get holiday days and you don't get, like, paid sick leave and things like that. So... Yeah, I was like, hmm, I'm going to stick with this full-time thing. So I stuck with it. And now my contract's coming to an end. And I've been having many, many a meeting about whether or not I'm staying. Because here's a plot twist, guys. I am still technically enrolled at uni. And so my uni emailed me and was like, hey, bestie, are you coming back? And I was kind of like, whoa, wasn't expecting that. Even though I am the one that deferred my year. Wasn't expecting them to reach out to me. Um, But... I have been really struggling with what I'm going to do because on the one side, there are many reasons why I probably shouldn't stay at my job. Um, But on the other side, there are also a lot of pros to staying at my job. And I think the biggest pro is not having to reintroduce myself in a new environment as someone with anxiety that is a terrifying idea. I started the team that I work with now when it was very small. And so I haven't been the new girl for a really long time. And I find a lot of comfort in that. And the idea of like having to go into a new office and like, you know, get to know people and find a new work wife and find a new work bestie and like, you know, figure out what coffee I'm going to get before work. That is just all a bit too much for me right now. Um, But that also shouldn't be the reason you ever stay in a job. You shouldn't stay in a job solely because it's comfortable. Because I also think that even if there weren't any cons to staying, the growth that comes with allowing yourself to explore new paths is something that I really want to experience. This is like my first proper, proper job. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. But... There's also a part of me that's like, well, there might be so much more out there for me to do. And if I just stay here because it's comfortable, then what? I don't get to grow. I don't get to experience new things. But the biggest reason why I feel like I may stay is because I did actually have a conversation, a very like informal meeting over coffee with the head of agency at the company I work at. And she was kind of t- asking me like what I want to do. Um where I kind of want to take my career path and all these things. And I I said that I really want to get into creative direction more than content curation because I feel like I do enough content creation for myself. And I guess like there is a difference between content creation and content curation, but I feel like that's what I do for myself and that's my joy, like doing that for myself. And I don't really want to spend my work time doing just that when I do that for fun and as a release on my TikTok and on my Instagram and on my YouTube and on my podcast and on my Substack and things like that. Like that's what I do for fun. And it kind of feels like the lines are being a bit blurred when it comes into work. But I really would love to take like creative leads on projects and give the creative direction of how an Instagram page should look and what story should be up and that sort of world, which is absolutely bizarre because this time last year, I was a law student. Like I did not think that I would ever be in a job where I was telling people how to edit a picture so I can post it or like what graphic design should be where and things like that and what topics are trending and what editorial pieces should be turned into videos like that has been a very 
big turn. And I don't want to say like a 360 because it's not a 360 because that implies that you're going back to where you started. It's more like a 180. Like we really did just flip, flip the switch with that one. Um, but I've loved doing it. And so I had this conversation with her and she was, she was telling me about the projects that she has coming in and how I can like collaborate on them. And it really excited me. And I feel like that, that has solidified a big part of why I think I'll stay because I don't know if another job is going to excite me the way that the projects that they have coming in excited me in that moment. And again, it is me being comfortable. Do as I say, not as I do. Like I also just like don't know if I'm ready yet to go back to just not having a job. It was fun. I loved being a stay-at-home daughter. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But I just feel like if I if I say no to this new contract and then I spend the next seven months, eight months, a year, two years, whatever, looking for a job, I'm going to be very stressed. And so I'd rather look for jobs whilst I'm at a job. Um, I don't know if that's a shitty move to pull, but, you know, we're living in a fucking financial crisis. The cost of living's going up. Girlie's got to get a bag somehow. So, yeah, I am kind of just dealing with that. And I feel like it's really stressing me out. I feel like I am being very anxious and very stressed about things. And I'm like, why am I stressed? Why am I anxious? I'm like, oh, I have to make a massive life decision soon. That's why. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, I completely forgot what the fuck I was talking about in the previous part of this podcast because my mom just spoke to me. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. But let's talk about dating. So I um, I wanna do it. I wanna do it. Did I say this in my last podcast episode? I wanna do it. Like, I just wanna go on a date. I wanna see what's out there. I want to have the funny dating stories because right now I only have the funny hookup stories and to be fair, they're not that funny. Um, but I really want to have like funny dating stories and like just speak to people. And I've been speaking to a lot of people at my work who are like a bit older than me. They're like millennials rather than Gen Z. So they're not like a lot older than me. There's just like an obvious generational difference. And they're like to me, yeah, but Mary, like when you date, like it's just so fun. Like you just go out and you get to be whoever you want to be and like you just get to talk to someone and if it doesn't lead anywhere you've had a good night of drinks etc etc and I know people have dating horror stories um my best friend is a serial dater Sophie if you're listening to this I'm so sorry I just exposed you I love you and you know I live for your dating stories I just wish I had my own you know like it just seems fun so I did redownload Hinge but this is my issue I'm like I actually don't care and I do care because I want to go on a date but like I download Hinge I'm like I just don't want to speak to anyone on hinge like it just it doesn't feel real to me it feels like a game of hot or not and I just feel like that's actually kind of shallow um and so I was gonna try out that Thursday dating app um my best friend and I were actually meant to do it like twice now and we've bailed but I think we will eventually do it I'm gonna say this so I have to hold myself accountable by my 24th birthday, I would have tried the Thursday dating app. And if you don't know what it is, it's basically like dating in real life, but not. Like you buy tickets on the app for an event and it's meant to be like just singles. And I've seen a few people who go on TikTok and it seems quite fun. Um, My only issue is that like I would obviously go with my bestie and when we go out, like we are absolute chaos, absolute carnage. Like it's almost as if the bar is empty and it's just us being reckless like we don't really acknowledge that there's anyone else there and I felt like it would be exactly the same at the Thursday dating thing but I felt like maybe if I go and I know that everyone there is single I won't have to relive my 
horrific stories of like guys telling me halfway through the night that they have a girlfriend but they don't care because I'm like babe I care leave me alone um but yeah if everyone's single then that seems like a fun fun little night out I don't know but it's a Thursday that's the thing that gets me like I have work in the morning like (laughs) what am I meant to do because I'm also the person that just like does not go home after a night out I had um work drinks last Thursday ironic I had work drinks and we finished work at like six. We went there at like 6.30. You know, it was a bit awkward at first, um, but then everyone got a couple drinks down. Then we had like a, a work bar tab. So everyone's drinks were free. And obviously I took full advantage of that. Every time I went up to the bar, I was like three white claws, four beers and a glass of Prosecco, let's go. Um, and so, you know, once everyone got their liquid courage, everyone got really, like, comfortable, and it was really nice, actually, to just, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you can be in an office with people, and especially in media, like, work is so constant, and you never really know what's going to pop up, and, like, how busy you're going to be each day, and I find that I often just, like, get lost in my own world at work, and, like, lock myself in a booth and just get on with the work, so it was really nice to just be out with everyone and be like, oh my god, we're just a couple of human beings who happen to work at the same place, but, like, we all have stories to tell, we're all different, our personalities are all very different, and it was really nice to just be out with everyone, but obviously I am the person that's like, no, the night does not end when the bar closes, that is not true, whose house are we going to, what bar are we going to, what park are we going to, like, I will figure this shit out, so yeah, work drinks for everyone else that I work with ended at about 11pm, I did in fact get home at 7am and I did stop at McDonald's for a McDonald's breakfast. So I feel like I am not made for partying on Thursdays (laughs) because I did not even make it to my morning 10am meeting because I thought I was going to chunder. So I think I've learned that Thursdays is not for me, but I am going to give it a go. Because I just, I feel like it would give me such great stories to tell on here as well. Like, I should you date for podcast stories? Yeah, probably. Because, I don't know. I mean, I used to make TikToks about guys that I would hook up with. And then some of them started seeing them. And I was like, oh, this is actually awkward. But I feel like if you listen to my podcast and we've slept together and you listen to like the full hour or so, I'm going to be like, you're a fan. Like, everyone else who listens, my bestie. If we've slept together, fan. Absolute fan. Oh my god, actually, guys, I need to tell you about this. Wait, have I not uploaded a podcast episode since Pride? Oh my god. Pride was absolute carnage. Like, I need to behave. I actually put myself on a drinking ban for a week and a half after Pride. Because I was like, you're embarrassing. Like, you need to get your shit together. And, like, the anxiety that drinking gives me is absolutely atrocious. Like, I can't speak to anyone for, like, the following three days because I'm just like, I've embarrassed myself beyond compare. So I should honestly just stop drinking. And I've been toying with the idea. And this is the thing. Whenever I say that, I'm like, I sound like an alcoholic saying, like, oh, I'm thinking about it, but, like, I'm not going to do it. But, like, I can ju- I can go without drinking. Like, there there isn't an issue there. Like, I 
have been there have been many months of my life where I've like not drank and like gone out socially and chosen to not drink like I can say no to alcohol but it's just so fun like it's drinking in the moment is just so fun but it's the morning after I just can't deal with it like it's actually crippling like it's oh my god like it just it ruins me I feel like everybody hates me I feel like I've just been the most embarrassing human being ever I mean I'm still going through anxiety from my work party because I was just such a fucking mess and then I went on holiday and so I wasn't at work so when I went into work yesterday it's probably a big factor into why I left like halfway through the day to work from home I was like I can't face these people like I actually refuse (laughs) to see any of them um and so yeah I I just I need to stop drinking I but then I'm just like it's so fun it's just I've been speaking to people and they're like, well, just do mushrooms. And here's the thing. I've done mushrooms once, okay, once. And it was chocolate mushrooms and I was by myself. I didn't take them by myself, but they kicked in when I was by myself. And then I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I have four eyes and that's about it. But I just don't know. I feel like mushrooms really aren't a going out drug. I know that some people do. I know that they're really good for anxiety. I have actually been saying to people I want to try taking them for anxiety, like microdosing them. Um, but I just had to do it first, like full, full wham to see what it was like. Uh, I was holding an experiment, if you will. But yeah, I, I kind of want to maybe do that. I know someone that I work out with who completely gave up drinking and like microdosed instead. And she was like, you don't get anxiety, but you kind of get that like liquid courage that you would get from drinking because mushrooms help your anxiety and things like that. So I'm like, hmm, that does seem like a good route for me. But yeah, I, oh my God, I cannot with drinking. Like, it's just so embarrassing. This is literally why whenever I go out, I just like go out with my best friend or my dad because I'm like, well, you know, I can't really embarrass myself in front of them. They already know the shit show that is my life. And if I get too drunk and start crying about my childhood trauma, like they already know what it is. So it's not that embarrassing. Whereas if it's with people that I'm not really that comfortable with when I'm sober, it's like, whoa, shouldn't have. Shouldn't have opened up like that. Yeesh. I have a mirror in front of my desk, right? And I am looking at myself in the mirror because I'm recording this at my desk. Yeah, you may think I'm a narcissist, whatever. I have a gray hair that is not going and I don't know how to feel about that. Like it's my 24th birthday next month and I have a gray hair. I'm scared. And is it probably because I spent 10 years of my life bleaching and dyeing my hair? Maybe, but I also think it's stress and I don't really know where we go from here because I know if I pluck it out, it will just grow back. But I don't really want to dye my hair again. That's a lie. I do want to dye my hair. I want to go blonde. Um, I was speaking to my hairdresser about this. He said that I can't dye it blonde until the red that's in my hair has completely faded. But I think I'm going to get like those two blonde bits at the front. You know, like everyone went through that lockdown phase of bleaching the two strands of their hair. I was always like, absolutely not. Now it's really, it's really rubbed off on me. I did actually watch Not Okay yesterday, the new Hulu film, and it's on Disney Plus for my UK peeps. Um, And it's got Zoe Dutch in it, and she, is that how you pronounce her name? I'm not too sure. But she has those two blonde strands, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm doing it. So when the red in my hair fades, I'm gonna do that. Um, But I feel like the grey in my hair is a bit further back than where the blonde would be so don't really know how I'm gonna get rid of that oh my god that is a humbling experience fuck me 
Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Maybe I should go to therapy. Maybe I won't get gray hairs if I go to therapy. Is that the, is that the key to not having gray hairs? You go to therapy. This is the thing, guys. I lied to my doctor. I know I'm an awful person. We move. Um, she told me that I need to go to therapy. She, my doctor is the most blunt person you'll ever meet in your life. Like, you know, I haven't ever met her actually. Um, because I started my antidepressants during lockdown. So we still have over the phone appointments, but she is so blunt. Like I was in a taxi the other day on my way to work and she like calls me at the most random times. I've told her I have a job and she calls me at the most random times. And I was in a taxi to work and she was like, are you driving? And I was like, no ma'am, I cannot drive. And she was like, are you in a car? And I was like, yes. And she was like, can I call you back later in the day? And I was like, not really, because I have work and I'm in an office and my office doesn't have any phone signal. So no. And then she was like, are you okay to speak? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking, what's the worst that can happen here? She starts saying to me, well, how do you feel? How how your antidepressants working? Because we increased my dosage. And I was like, oh, you know, like still not the happiest but you know it's it's fine but that could just be me and not the antidepressants and then she was like can you explain what you mean by that and I was like oh you know I'm just kind of sad and she was like no I need you to elaborate further so my poor taxi driver is sat in the front there and I'm like well I wake up some mornings and I feel like it's not worth it and he is looking at me like I am just an absolute shitstorm in the back of his car rightfully so I really shouldn't have been trauma dumping it in a taxi um but then she was like okay, well, you need to go to therapy. And I was like, so true, bestie, I hear you. That shit is expensive. Um, She was like, well, sertraline isn't just gonna magically get rid of your depression, you have to try. And oh my God, in that moment, I could have actually thrown my phone out of the fucking window. Because here's the thing, I think taking antidepressants is trying, okay? I went 22 years raw dog in depression, didn't take a single medication, I was like, I'm fine. Wasn't fine. I finally, you know, was brave enough to ask for help. And I feel like that is trying, like that is putting in the work. So if you're in that position, I need you to know that you are trying. It's a very long process and you are trying. And so I was a bit thrown off by that. So I was in a bad mood immediately. But then we fast forward about two days. She rings me. She's like, so the therapy thing. I was like, yeah, did it. Absolutely. No, I didn't. But I knew she wouldn't take me seriously if I wasn't getting therapy. So I was like, yeah, 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 like I've, I've got private therapy. Who can afford private therapy? Not me, I'll tell you that much. And so, yeah, now she thinks I'm in therapy. And then she called me the other day and I was at work. And it was a rough day at work. And I don't have any service in my office. So I picked her up, but I was like, can you hear me? And she was like, Mary, Mary, I can't hear you. It's cracking up. And I was like, okay, bring me back in two minutes ran from the second floor outside to the smoking area, stood there, took my phone call. And she was like, how's therapy? I was like, yeah, so good. And I was basically just telling her everything that my old therapist used to say to me because I feel like it's gonna be the same. And I do feel bad, but I just feel like you really shouldn't put pressure on people to go to therapy. I do believe that everybody should do it once in their life, but I just think you need to give some people some time, you know? I also don't actually have the time to go to therapy. Like, I work nine to six. Where is the time to go to therapy? Can you let me know? Because I am freelance, so if I take an hour off, that is an hour pay that I lose, okay? So, realistically, being financially stable is a big contributor to 
me being mentally stable. And if I have to lose some of that to talk about why I'm not mentally stable, you can see where this is going. We're going to have an issue. So yeah, I am looking into it though. I did look at private therapy options and even though I will not be paying for them, I did look at them and I feel like that is a start, okay? Anyway, so she is not increasing my dosage because she wants to see how the therapy is going to have an impact on me, which is very ironic. Um, but I do want to go to her and be like, hey, bestie, we need to switch things up, you know? We've been doing the sertraline thing for a year now. We added metazapine into the mix. I shouldn't be feeling like this, and I am, so let's try something new. I also... Okay. I feel like a lot of you who listen to this podcast do follow me on TikTok, so maybe you've seen the comments. A lot of people comment on my videos saying, please go and get an ADHD test, and I hear you, and I see you. I don't know how to bring that up with my doctor. She already thinks I have a lot more wrong with me than I'm letting on, and I don't know how to be like, hey, can you just test me for ADHD? Um, I think it would be very beneficial to my life, but I'm going to give it a couple months. I'm going to give it a couple months. I'm going to ask for the antidepressant switch up first because I feel like I am a burden on every single person in my life. And so I feel like if I go in and I'm like, hey, can we switch my meds? Also, can I get an ADHD test? I'm asking for too much. And you're never asking for too much, but I hate myself. So I believe that I'm asking for too much. I'm also staring at this gray hair and I want to rip it out. I'm going to rip it out. I don't know. I don't know how to. When I was in secondary school, white girls used to rip their hair out all the time. And I was like, hang on, I have a curl pattern to protect. I can't just be ripping out random strands. Oh my God, there's three gray hairs. Okay, I'm going to leave them. I'm going to dye my hair. Oh my God, I'm spiraling. But also, whilst we're on the topic of antidepressants, can we actually fucking talk about how expensive prescriptions are? And I am aware, I am very sorry to anyone that lives in America or anywhere that doesn't have a national healthcare service like the UK. But like, still, why am I paying 40 quid a month for my antidepressants? I'm depressed. Like, is is that not clear? Are you trying to make it worse? Like, 40 pounds. Like, whoa. And it's only because... I ordered my prescription through Pharmacy to You, which is like a prescription service that takes your prescription from your doctor and sends it to your house. Um, and they don't have 150 milligrams of sertraline. They only have like 100 milligrams and then 50 milligrams. And this is where my issue lies because now I have to buy two packs of the same medicine in different amounts just because they don't have 150. Like, I'm actually 1,000% sure that science has progressed far enough for there to be 150 milligrams in one tablet. So, yeah, there's that. And then there's also the metazapine on top of that, which is just a fucking nightmare. I've been having the most horrific nightmares on metazapine. Let me tell you. So, apparently, it's an antidepressant for people who have insomnia. And I got prescribed it, and... (sighs) what the hell is in that thing? Like, I have the most vivid nightmares. And sometimes they're not nightmares. Sometimes they're actually dreams, but they're just like ridiculously vivid that it's scary because I'm starting to lose touch of what's real life and what's not. And that is a horrifying thing to experience. Like, I could have a fight with someone in my dream and I'll wake up in the morning. I'll be like, oh, I guess we're not friends then. Because it doesn't feel like that was a dream. It doesn't feel like that wasn't actually just what happened yesterday. Even though it knocks me out, it's a terrifying medication to take. It's great. Like, I'm, I'm not saying don't take it if you're prescribed it. I'm just saying be prepared that you will have very crazy dreams. Also, when I first started it, I was also taking it with my melatonin, which is, like, just me being a fucking idiot, because if I'm taking insomnia medication, why am I also taking melatonin? Anyway, I was sleeping for, like, 17 hours a day, 
um, which is the longest I've ever slept in my life because I think prior to metazapine, even when I took melatonin, I would only sleep for about six hours and even then it was interrupted, like I'd wake up every two hours. So yeah, I don't really know why I was combining the two, but I did sleep for 17 hours. Still tired though, still got gray hairs. So I guess that sleep doesn't solve everything. Anyway, I, at this point, I'm kind of losing touch with reality as I'm speaking because I'm like staring out the window and the sun is so hot and it's boiling and I'm also thinking about my gray hair. Anyway, I'm 24 next month. Let's think about that. Let's dwell on that for a minute. I want to be a new bitch. I say this every single year when my birthday's coming up. I'm like, I want to be a new person and I never am. I'm just an evolved person of the same person. And I think that's absolutely fine. I just think it's funny that after 24 birthdays, I always say I'm going to be a new person and I just realise I'm not. I'm the same person. I just grew, which is fine. I actually appreciate that more than being a new person because that means I'd have to get to know and love a new person and that seems long. So yeah, here's to another year of evolution. Oh, Darwin. I really miss science GCSE. I was really good at science, but I, I hate physics. But now as an adult, I'm kind of like, I would love to go back to my GCSE physics class and understand it with a bigger brain or a better brain, a more advanced brain. Has it shrunk? I don't know. Um, with a fully formed prefrontal cortex, that's what I would like to do. I'd like to go back to physics and study now that my brain is developed because I feel like you can't just yell at a 12 year old random physics facts and expect them to understand you know, like, I, obviously, I don't know what you're talking about. You went to university for this. I am 12. Why are you yelling? But now I'm like, oh, I'd actually love to study that. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Obviously, going to university is such a massive privilege. And with that, you kind of have to have some level of financial support for most people, at least. But I would love to just go and get a degree in sociology, not use it, not need it for a job, not need to pay off any loans, just go and study sociology for three years. I feel like that would be so fun. There's so much about this world that I want to discover that I don't even know where to start. But I feel like a sociology degree is a good place to start. But I say that I also ditched my law degree. So who, who really knows if I would... No, I feel like if there wasn't the pressure that I would have to like use the degree, I would enjoy it a lot more. I felt like with law, I was always kind of like, memorize this because you need to know it to be a lawyer, which like obviously, but also like it's stressful. But if there's like no stress of knowing that it's going to pay your bills in the future, then you just kind of have the freedom to explore things more. It's crazy that education isn't like that. Just point blank. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't miss school though. A lot of people say they miss school. I don't miss that. That was the worst time of my life. God, secondary school was a fucking nightmare. Ah, oh, do not want to relive that. I actually do look back though and I'm like, I am, a, I look and feel completely different to the way I did when I was in secondary school, which obviously, but then you do meet some people and they're like still the exact same. And I'm like, wow, nothing's changed in the past seven years. I feel like, especially when you go to Catholic school, a lot of people are still close-minded when you, you see them years after you've graduated, you're like, whoa, okay, still don't believe, still don't believe that I'm gonna go to heaven? All right, cool. Just because I had that one WKD in year seven? Fine. It is what it is. I have realized that, that hell is, is not for me. 
was in Barcelona, it was 45 degrees. I was sweating in places I didn't even know I could sweat. And that's when I knew I have to, I have to start being a good human being. I, I might have to go back to church. I might have to do my confirmation again. You know, like I need to go to heaven because hell is, is going to be too hot. And I just cannot hack the heat, especially not on antidepressants. Shit makes you dehydrated. Anyway, no, I am really rambling now. Anyway, just wanted to post an episode of, um, sorry, I'm still looking at my gray hair. But yeah, I hope everyone's well and dandy. I know August is kind of a tough month for anyone who is similar to me and like absolutely despises summer because this is like the worst of it, but it's nearly over. And also it's Taylor Swift's month, you know, listen to August on repeat. It's a fucking banger. Um, also listen to Graceland 2 by Phoebe Bridges and then you'll understand why I'm getting a packet of saltines tattooed on my arm.